Best kind. What else do we have for this wedge? Yeah, nothing. You got any? <laughs> Great defense, but <laughs> that's what we're gonna use to cover up. <laughs> It's just clean audio. Hello, and welcome to the Cheese Cast. Um, I am Kirk. He pointed at me, so it's my turn to say, I'm Dane. And I'm Sam. <gasps> Cheese Boy Sam. Cheese Boy Sam is here. Okay. Ah! We are stopping with the Cheese Boy Sam. I had to break it. No, I had to break totally it I totally think we're not going to do that. All right, so that part's out now. Cheese Boy Sam in the house. Yes, we're so excited. Oh, God. So today is a Sam-centric Sam-stravaganza featuring the fabulous Sam and her amazing iPad, who's making a much-delayed, long-awaited appearance here on the Cheese Cast. She's been blowing us up with story ideas, so we're devoting an entire show to her. And she also just got a promotion to <gasps> brand manager. Brand Samager. Yep. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do for this one. <laughs> nice. So our baby is an unruly teenager now because this is um, Wedge 113. It's we, we turned 13. And for the 13th time, I'm very uncomfortable with you referring to this podcast <laughs> as a living thing. <laughs> 13 times running. Yep. Run fire. So it's that's apparently going to keep being a thing then. And in case you didn't catch it's that. Um, weird now. We've got the amazing Wash joining us too. Yeah, um, Wash. Which is Squeaky Ball. <laughs> We're coming to you with a special couple episodes from what are we calling this place? Now? The Pavlovsky Podcast Palace. The Pavlovsky with the Podcast, Podcast Puppers. With the Podcast Puppers. Okay, oh my God. <laughs> been working on it. <laughs> so what's up, Cheesehead? You got any cheesy stories from your cheesy Cheesecast life? Yeah. So it's been a while. Mm-hmm. It's been um, a while since we've recorded because sicknesses, yep. various alternating sicknesses, and. The craziness. Uh, our listeners have chimed in on um, what you should do oh, during your sickness. What should I do? The, you should eat more cheese. Yeah, big time. <laughs> that sounds great. Well, because that's kind of when everything started. So I don't know. And that ref- references refers to exactly this. I had a delightful experience where I had a ton. It's one of those times that I always complain about where I have people are coming here. Mm-hmm. So I go buy a ton of cheese and yeah. meats and crackers. I did that like a month ago uh-huh. and we had a ton left over because Robbie and Steve didn't eat like any. So then it's I got the Steve in particular, just come on. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> but so we, I got, it was like a Friday or a Thursday and I was sitting in my office and I got that weekly email from Craig Corpola and he's like, Hey, refreshments on Friday. Yep. I was like, I'm gonna get rid of all this cheese and meat. <laughs> so I took like six Tupperware containers full of things yep. and like, to see Charles Gressley and John Homer and Craig Corpola's eyes, they looked like children. They were just like, oh, snacks? <laughs> and Homer came over and just kept taking like a little, he just had a little plate. He would take like three at a time. Oh, that's like how my mother-in-law eats dessert. She like takes a piece of pie and, and subdivides it into like six subsections. And then takes each of the subsections. <laughs> but and then I got to hear the famous goat cheese story from oh. homer himself, oh from homer himself which was, i felt really special yeah, about that yeah he it's doesn't tell special. that story no I, I i was honored but so it was fun and like katie perry was there and came yep. so like we got rid of a ton of cheese yep. which was excellent and then just because i like to do steve case cheese updates because mm-hmm. he loves steve case uh we went to watch a wrestling show mm-hmm. in royal oak uh, a few weeks back it was the best wrestling show i've ever been to in royal oak yeah, they do it at the theater there. Yeah. But we had incredible seats and it was an incredible show. It was a WWE NXT show, which I know means a lot to both of you. Yes, most uh, of Absolutely. I'm so right, totally with that. After we were super hungry. Do you know what that means, Sam? I have absolutely no idea okay. what he's talking about. You got to see like Ricochet and Alistair Black. Yeah. Keith oh, Lee, of course. Johnny Gargano slapped our hands. Oh. I see your face. <laughs> you off. Yes. Um, so, anyway, why it's cheesy after. I, this was in like this was like four days after they were like you got stomach flu don't eat weird stuff and I was like I've been home for three days I'm going to friggin wrestling so we did and after I was like I'm gonna eat safe so I don't and instead we went to Hopcat in Royal Oak and I got a grilled cheese <laughs> with like six types of cheese apple and bacon and it was incredible oh it sounds delicious Steve had a super mac and cheese oh. yep it's real good the crack mac and cheese 
or whatever it's called now. Yeah, but delicious. But I would have to think stomach flu, uh, mass amounts of cheese. Probably not a good idea. No, most definitely not. That's what our fans thought you should do. So. Yeah, so I did. Yeah. <laughs> if I was there, I would still get that sandwich, so I can't. <laughs> yeah. I it, was, it was great. I had some of the poutine that was voted number oh, one poutine. poutine in Michigan by MLive. Wow. Um, at Grand River Brewery in the Mothership in Jackson. Man, it was really, really good. Um, I'd had their fried cheese curds before, and I didn't care for them that much. <laughs> um, They're not bad, yeah. They're just I don't know. Bad. I think a cheese curd should either be in poutine or it should be squeaky and fresh out of the oh, fridge. Oh, no. See, I like the fried ones. And I just didn't do it. It, it changed the whole cheese curd experience for me. I don't know. See, cheese curds weird me out. I can't. What? Yeah, they. You can yeah. leave. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. The face. I wasn't I sold on cheese curds that. either until he brought me some cheese curds. Was that um, so from? Ones? Yeah. Scotty? Yeah, yep. those were good. Because um, he was always like, oh, it's all about the squeaky, and I didn't oh. believe him. You don't get that squeak till you get like Marinette in the UP yep. or like yep. start to get Illinois yep. into Wisconsin. Yeah, the ones we had from Horrocks, I didn't get a single squeak no, out those of, are any of those. I almost yep. bought, I, they almost tricked me again because I was like, yeah, there's no Gruyere spoiler. But I'll find something else. <laughs> and I almost got some again, but I went, no, they're never good. Yep. They don't live up to Yeah, them. I really don't want to eat anything that squeaks. Ah, see, that's the whole reason for the season. Yeah. I you don't, just got to try it. Uh, Oyster squeak when you eat them. Again, I don't want to <laughs> eat anything that <laughs> I squeaks. Yeah. I almost bought another bottle of that oyster stout. That oyster stout is me. so good. But yeah. I didn't because I was mad at the person. <laughs> So you literally cut off your nose to spite your face. Big time. Except not literally, metaphorically. Spider face. <laughs> nice. Nice office reference. <laughs> ding, ding. That was a total We're win. Good for those. That was a total win. So um, <coughs> if you happen to be in Jackson, um, do stop by Grand River and have some of their poutine, uh, particularly with the pulled pork on top. That'd be good. I had to go home and take a two-hour nap after because, <laughs> woof, that was a lot of food. <laughs> that's how you get in the... Intestinal area. I've been there <laughs> the food you eat yeah. requires nap time. Just any recoup time. Yeah, we can do that, but yep. I'm going to have to rest. I mean, the mosaic um, monkey mouth I had along with it might have ah, helped a, with that. It's yeah. quite the combo, yeah. Yep. Monkey mouth? Yeah, it's their uh, award-winning um, IPA. Say, their IPA. Oh, yeah, it's a North okay. American award winner. So the purpose of today's episode point that right here, is uh, <laughs> so the purpose of today's episode is um, Sam has been blowing up our email. Cheese boy, Sam. Yep. Okay, oh, okay. <laughs> I have not been blowing up your email. I mentioned it. Would you like to see all the emails Stop. from you? Cheese boy, Sam has been blowing up our emails. Yep. Let me oh, check. With, with all of these um, story ideas, and so we've selected That's some my job. of them <laughs> as brand Samadier. Yep. <laughs> that is my job. To um, talk about. So the first one is actually um, a book that Sam sent me. A book. It was a book. Yeah, I thought it was going to be an article, and I opened up the link, and I was like, oh, this is like 200 pages long. (laughs) Um, So the book is Cheese, Pears, and History in a Proverb. It is by Massimo Montanari. Massimo. It is an ebook. It's available on the EBSCO databases, which could be difficult for some of you to get to. Not us. Unless (laughs) um, you work at Olivet College or live in Michigan (laughs) and can go to uh, the Michigan Electronic Library and go to their online resources page there. It is part of the Arts and Traditions of the Table series from Columbia University Press. And it turns out that it's actually kind of social history about cheese and this particular proverb and social classes and things like that. So So read us the entire thing. Everybody get comfy. The basis of the um, book is this proverb. Do not let the peasant know how good cheese is with pears. I disagree. (laughs) It's, that I it's be good with that it's good it's, with them, or that you cheese should. Cheese is not good with pears. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's the proverb. I was I'm traumatized. <laughs> that's how I'm now going to dedicate my life to. That. <laughs> that's going to be the rule of my life. Then. That's fantastic. This happens to be a widely known proverb around Italy, with a long tradition in Europe um, of pairing <laughs> pears and cheese. It dates back to at least the 13th century in France. So it's an old tradition. We just had the wrong pears and the wrong. I'm I feel like a good pair. 
Well, yeah. Not, not the you, wet can stuff. I was going to say, fine. you eat it out of yes, a can. Yeah. The little yeah, cups. Yeah. The, well, that's what he brought me. That was purpose. under direction. I know. <laughs> just because you and Suzanne yeah. want to <laughs> see me traumatized. <laughs> you know, that, that, eat this blue cheese with this beach. That's true. Um, both are traditionally meal finishers in um, Europe. Um, so the question that the author is trying to answer is, why don't the peasants get to have them together? So I'm going to take you through his argument here. Take so you're going to get a 200-page book in about three and a half minutes. Right. What here. a Woo-hoo. doctor you are. Cheese is originally a food of the poor. Anyone can make it with whatever livestock you've got hanging around. If you've got a goat, a sheep, Dogs. or a cow. Moose. You, you could. Moose. Moose. Yep. Gunga <laughs> <laughs> galunga. Basically, cheese climbed the social ladder over the years, becoming an established part of the aristocratic table by the end of the 15th century, although there was still a fair bit of dispute about whether it was good and proper to eat cheese. So you can find some people kind of fussing about, oh, they're eating cheese at their dinner. The nouveau riche. Flourish the pinky. Cue the bourgeois. Bad bougie. <laughs> a particular problem with this is the perceived distinction between fine cuisine, proper for refined persons, and rustic cuisine, which ain't. So it's both a case of snobbery and reverse snobbery. For oh, example, snobbery. Dane's issues with duck, which is reverse duck. snobbery, because he's duck. always hacking on me for having we duck. We eat it all the time. You do not. <laughs> Pears, on the other hand, in Europe, have pretty much always been associated with the nobility. I was um, going to say, that has to be a fancy person. Yep. Food, no way a peasant in the mud's eating pears. Nope. They're expensive. They're highly perishable. Perishable. Um, <laughs> high five. Thanks, <laughs> cheese boy Sam, for reinforcing ah, him. Okay. <laughs> this is going to stop soon. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I'm not going to lie. Cheese Boy Sam is top two cheese boys. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) In the top two. One of our top two cheese boys. Less accepting of the title than the others. I think the other one's kind of resigned. This one's going to put up a fuss. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This one is fussing about it. (laughs) We'll see. So cheese was raised up. um, From a child. Not all of the cheeses, but like some of the cheeses were allowed to join the aristocratic table. Pears remained associated with the nobility. Sure. Um, I buy that. So why keep them separate? Um, the, yeah, keep them separated. Yep. Why, why not said. let the peasants know that cheese is good with pears? Um, so the it's proverb can actually mean kind of three different ways. Wizards. Nope. Wood. Nope. Witches. Nope. Three W's nope. of cheese and pears. Nope. Those are all wrong. <laughs> We're having a good day. I haven't seen a lot of people in the last like four days. So this is, you're in trouble. Go on. Um, one of them is um, keep the peasants ignorant and without yeah. nice things. So you keep the peasants peasants in their proper place. Yeah, keep them down there. Second one <laughs> is the peasants won't eat all of the pears since they're the ones who generally grow them. And the other, the third Those one, pears. which is the one that was most interesting for me, is don't tell the peasants about it because they already know. They grow Ooh. the pears. They make the cheese. They've been doing it all along. They've been, so why would you bother to tell somebody who already knows about a thing? I feel like it was definitely nefarious and why they didn't. I think it was, yeah, keep them out. I think it was social oppression. Ooh, yep, what that's is this fruit? Mm. <laughs> yep. So of all the cheeses <laughs> we've had, would you associate one of them with like being fancy aristocratic cheese? Versus... All the stinky ones to me in my brain. Why? Just because that's... I feel like that... You have to be a certain level of snobby, fancy, nose uppityness if you're going to purposely bring a super bad smelling thing into your place and eat it. Because I feel like you're not going to see a lot of like, like super poor people going to be like, hey, I got some cheese. It's a long grub. <laughs> it stinks. I'm thinking about that. What do you think about that, Sam? What do you think about that, Cheese Boy Sam? Mm. CBS? <laughs> I'm gonna go with Swiss because it's from Switzerland. Mm, Swiss. What, what, what do you? What do you got against the Swiss? I mean, there's a lot to have against the Swiss. I'm wow. just asking if you have a particular thing. What should we have? Against? I'm not gonna open that. <laughs> okay. Well, there's that. No, we no, we're not gonna go there. <laughs> Are we gonna... right. What? What do you think? I I would say like blue cheese or stinky cheeses. Well, those. Two th- I mean, th- I think of those as like. Peasant cheeses, because they're just the oh, cheese you left laying around in a cave. Oh, I'd see, I don't. Fair. But I feel like medieval peasants <laughs> back in the day did not have the forethought or premeditation to be like, we're going to put this in here and leave it here for a very long time and eat it, because it's better. That's fair. I feel like they yep. would just be like, we have to eat yeah. or else we die now. Yep. 
the yeah. plague is happening, yeah. I better I mean, eat that's a food. What, that's why you make cheese in the first place, so your milk doesn't go bad. Yeah. Sam so what cheese do you think? Um, Goodness. <laughs> yes. Throw it back. Wait, what, what was my question? I forgot what my question was. <laughs> you were asking was. us which, what which, cheese seem, that we've had seems to be most associated with like fancy high snootery. And then you made fun of our answers <laughs> and didn't give us. Yeah. Um, Close it up for me. Wrap it up. I think like the the, the uh, <clears throat> breeze and things like that. Oh, okay. I was going to say, it's probably one of those fancy names. Yeah, ones. it's like those fancy ones. Yeah, I mean the double cream and triple cream because they're just so heavy in the milk fat and like that. I can so, see that. And, the, and you've got to like, let them sit around. you got to take care of them and that sort of thing. And peasants don't take care. They're no, peasants. I mean, they live I mean, in mud. <laughs> So yeah, I'm saying I'm, I'm saying breathe. That's a that's a good that's a good yeah. choice. Cheese boy Sam bought a brought CBS. a bunch of notes. CBS, uh, you got some notes though. Yeah, on monumental cheeses. Got so do you want on. me to tee up the monumental cheese and then you can take it and run, Sam? Tee up the teeth. Sure. Okay, so. It seems there's a whole world of cheese monuments out there, including some that are made to be eaten. So are any of yours having to do with cheese monuments that you eat? And no. I've okay. literally never heard of one cheese monument. All right. There so are a number excited. of them, you're actually. Gonna, you're you're going to hear about a bunch of them right now. There yes. are a number of them. So <laughs> because they get eaten, cheese monuments, monuments, at least the ones I'm going to talk about, are mostly known to us via artwork and descriptions, like in travel journals and letters and diaries and things like yes. that. Closest thing to just general food monuments um, that you can think of that you would see today would be like those fancy spun sugar. Yeah, that's what uh, things like all the, the yeah. um, Very centerpieces, fancy. even like the decorations on cupcakes and cakes and like that are kind of decorative little monuments. They are fancy. Croak and Bush are the best. Yep. So it's awesome. <laughs> one of them that I'm, I read about, courtesy of the fabulous Sam, is a triumphal Ooh. arch that was erected on June 23rd, 1629, for the Feast of St. John the Baptist yes. in Naples. Florida. No. Okay. <laughs> it was covered with fruits, sure vegetables, bread, salami, and roasted <gasps> pigs. What? All local products. Some food items on monuments such as these were varnished and painted and hence yes, not actually were. edible. <laughs> but most were intended to be consumed during or right after the festival. The word cucagna, um, an Italian food Cocaine? monument, cucagna, may be related to <laughs> the name cocaine. A paradise on earth where no one ever goes hungry, grows old, or has to work hard. Here, rocks are made of melted cheese and trees of butter. Houses are lined with cheese tarts and have doors made of cakes. Rivers and lakes are made of mi wine, milk, and honey, and the heavens rain candies. Is there a witch that bakes people in ovens? <laughs> in this Doesn't it sound like that's it kind of like yeah. that whole yep. universe? Yep. Right? <laughs> we're in the, sure we're in the H yep. and G verse. So. Cocagna trees in Italy okay. were no were long greased poles with fruits, game, and poultry hanging from the Ooh. top. Almost like a circus performance, the peasants, so here we've got a theme, struggled to climb up the poles or catch the animals running wild. <laughs> peasants would climb the poles or try to catch greased animals running around. The nobles would observe from of their course. seats cheering the, them on. Yes. The little <laughs> spy glasses that they didn't have yet. Oh um a cucagna could also refer to decorative ephemeral constructions, oh. an entire building or even a mountain made out of food. So those are the actual edible cheese monuments. That's crazy. The fabulous Sam, a.k.a. Cheese Boy Sam. No. CBS. Is going to tell CBS us Sam. about some other cheese monuments. You I have am. some cheese mons? I do. Well, I'm going to take you through a semi-tour of uh, the world. Really not so tour the world, more of... The U.S., Canada, and part of uh, Europe. Well, the other places were it. There are a number in uh, Australia and Australia, but, but they weren't really cool monuments. Yeah. And there was the one in South Korea that you guys already talked about. We did the park. Yes, the, the cheese park. Yep. Cheese that park. place is yep. great. So I didn't feel the need to talk about that one because it had already been talked about. Yes. Okay. 
So we are going to start off in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin. I love Wisconsin. Because it's really? Wisconsin. I do. I'd never have thought that. I know. We are Kenosha. in Kenosha, Wisconsin. We are at the Mars Cheese Castle. I've driven by that multiple times. The Mars Cheese Castle was originally a gas station in 1947. Of course it was. Yep. But after it... Uh, a little bit. Nah, well, nah, it turned into... To the Cheese Castle in 1957. It's named after its owner, Mari Ventura, which wasn't the wrestler Ventura in that Wisconsin. Jesse, Jesse the Jesse. body. Uh, yes. So, uh, giving an Do exact quote from the Atlas Obscura, uh, it became the, the largest, oldest, showiest purveyor at Show the it. junction of I-94 and Wisconsin Highway 142. Because obviously, a lot of, there's a lot of purveyors <laughs> there at that intersection. So because yeah, I was like, Wisconsin has a number in different sections. It's funny because like I remember when we went to the Packer game that yeah. we have talked about on the cast before. We were driving up and it was a super nice, like sunny day, and we had come to Wisconsin, and I was just kind of sightseeing. Mm. And just watching, and then I looked over, and there was a big castle, just like, and it's in the middle of nothing. <laughs> it's just a big, like, open field. I had to have seen castle. that when I drove up for that game with YB. I just don't oh, remember probably. it at all. I remember being stunned as soon as we, like, got north of Chicago, near the Wisconsin state line, of all the ridiculous number of, like, outlet malls and yeah. things like that. And I was so Everywhere. distracted by that. And then there were all the beautiful barns after that. Once I love you could barns. Look at, yeah. I love a good barn. Wisconsin barns are just gorgeous. Well, obviously, you missed the I ninety four in Wisconsin <laughs> Highway one forty two. Yeah, I missed that. I missed the, the, the very busy business. Uh, yeah, probably we're like worried about all the traffic. <laughs> right. Uh, they do sell other items uh, than just cheese, um, and basically, they're all the materials you would assume a uh, store like the Cheese Castle cheese would uh, have. Yeah. Yes. Cheese suit of armor. Yes. Cheese sword, cheese shield, cheese horse. I can't think of a much king, more useless sword than a cheese sword. <laughs> Blab. I can't. Water sword. Where this whole cheese castle thing started. Cheese cast. Oh. The Mammoth <laughs> Cheese Monument in Perth, Ontario. Ooh. This Canada. was a replica kind of, of the... to Perth. Keep going. Yeah, this is the <laughs> replica going. of the cheese yes! that was sent to the Chicago <laughs> yep. World's Fair in 1893. Wait, why was the cheese sent to the Chicago World's Fair? We'll get Fair? into that in a oh, second. Okay. I got to say, it's like, wait yeah. a minute. Yeah. That's a, it's a replica of <laughs> yes. the cheese. That's yep. delightful. All right. This, yes, this is the cheese uh, that was sent to the World's Fair. Yes. Um, according looking at the after I looked at the World's Fla- uh, Fair actual poster for yep. this. Um, the piece of cheese was... It's piece. The, okay, all right. Piece is a little bit of a misnomer. It was 200,007... Or, excuse me, 207,200 pounds of milk was used to make it. How much did it weigh? Which, wait, even yeah, more. Weigh. Which was the quali- the quantity is equal to the milk for one day in September of 10,000 cows. That's so much milk. (laughs) It weighed 22,000 pounds. They say it took... That's roughly 11 tons. Right. They originally put it on a... Roughly. uh, (laughs) Originally put it on a bed of... To ship it down on a... uh, Through... Through a railroad, and it actually broke straight through. Yep. That's incredible. They yep. had to build a special cheese train. For yes, it. they did. Oh and it, so Bids on that band, right. special yep. cheese train. <laughs> it's rolling. Yes. And I did write down. Cheese. I see you wrote down the size of it. Kurt. Yep. Um, Twenty-eight feet in circumference, six feet high. Fudge. That cheese. makes that Horrocks cheese yeah, that's pale like, in that comparison. Big yep. Not a big cheese. Yep. Oh my gosh. The train super. Um, great. Did you write down uh, what it was wrapped in? No, I did not. Skin. I did not have that. Human nope. skin. Five sixteenths inch boilerplate. <laughs> it took 200 tons of pressure in order to compress it into that's cheese. That's insanity. Yeah. At some point, I feel like, especially back then, you start to ask the question why. Because it was the World's Fair. I, yeah. It, it was, was part of the great the pyramid so of dairy removed. products from Canada. We're so removed from that, like, 
it way was, of life where it's like, look at this thing. Let's go have a fair about it. Well, like, they do okay, like well, yeah, conferences the fair, stuff, but, but like things the, like that. Literally making big stupid things. Yeah, that's pretty much that. what the United States is all about. I this, feel like we don't do it on such a scale. They were trying anymore. to make the Chicago World's Fair better than the Paris World's Fair. And after the World's Fair ended, yep. um, Thomas Lipton... Classic. Of Lipton Tea. Oh, I was going to assume that, but didn't want Kirk to yes. yell at me. So uh, purchased yell at you anyway. purchased <laughs> the cheese, um, but after eating some Why? of it, decided he did not like it. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have a 21,999.75 pounds of cheese left over. Anyone want to come thing? over for a party? Bring us a refreshment. <laughs> I'm having cheese and tea for the next 12 years. I when he went to tea. Yeah. <laughs> I need drinkies. Yes. So he sent wow. it uh, over to England. Yeah, I took it on a tour of Great Britain. Yep. How, on a big cheese boat? I don't know. How, it had to have gotten over there on a boat. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah. Didn't go Not on gonna fly it. That's right. We're gonna put it in a hot air Bur- balloon. Birds. <laughs> a lot of birds. They would stop to bite it. It was, it was a terrible thing. It just turned out horrible. Yeah, it was, they had to fish it out of the bay at one point, but they got out of the bay. We have the next one titled Titled. Also, also. Mammoth Cheese. Mammoth Cheese. Because, you know, it's well. It's waiting for one of these. You can make cheese, cheese out of mammoth. That's milk. what I was waiting yep. for. <laughs> it's hoping a, that's the case. Yes, it's actually formally called the Cheshire Cheese Monument in Cheshire, Massachusetts. Oh, it's not what the Cheshire uh, I thought it would be. Yeah, I wasn't either. Because I was just, just let down. I don't. But we ate a big thing of Cheshire cheese. Yeah. This is to be. Uh, there's a monument built uh, in. To uh, commemorate the original, the original sort of big cheese um, that was sent to Jefferson. Um, oh yeah, the big cheese that was so the West. Yep. That yeah, was from it. the uh, West Wing. That was told about from the West Wing. The jackal. Yep. And then that. No, it's oh, not in the jackal episode. No. The jackal. I just watched yes. the jackal this morning, and that's not that episode. <laughs> that, the only that. episode I can reference. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Big block of cheese day. Yes, big block of cheese day. So, um, what it is, the story goes, in 1801, stop. Elder John Leland, a Federalist from Massachusetts. Classic Federalist. Yes. Asked uh, the women of his Baptist uh, congregation to make a giant cheese um, from a large uh, cider press. And he wanted specifically them to use only Republican cows. <laughs> How though? How though? I feel like at that point you're just going by cow owner. And that is a totally different thing. Yeah. I think cows are fundamentally liberal. <laughs> Very conservative. Yeah. I, they care a lot about guns. I'm, assu- <laughs> I'm assuming what he meant. And low tax. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming what he was going for was Republican. Republican owned from Republican owned. Yes, nope, I want cows. With nine hundred Republican owns without uh, and being made without the use of slaves. Oh. Okay, so from old the cider Republican. press, yeah, uh, old Republican, yeah. very different. <laughs> Lincoln style. Republican. Yeah, Can I finish the story, please. <laughs> no, no. Okay, if you get off the Schneid, I mean, come on. <laughs> okay. From the cider Behave pre- yourself, Dane. From the cider press, a 1,200-pound mammoth oh, cheese was presented to Jefferson by Leland in, and his followers on New Year's Day in 1802. That's awesome. The significance in this event is believed that it may have inspired Jefferson's uh, statement of a wall of separation between church and state. What I love about those old mammoth cheese things, again, is that time where it was just like... Whoop, Make a big one. <laughs> and it is still that a little bit, but I feel yeah. like back then you are not going to, eh, you might, but you're not going to have somebody be like, I grew a 9,000 pound pumpkin here, President Trump. <laughs> like, where they feel like it's such a huge honor and like a major thing that they're like, the president must have this. I make this for the okay, president. Okay, Cheese Cast Nation, here's a challenge for you. <laughs> Do make you, one. you need to grow a 9,000 pound pumpkin and give it to President Trump, and I will give you $50. I wonder what the biggest pumpkin is. <laughs> 
I feel like 9,000 was like a grossly that's a, over. That's a, that's, a big, that's a big pumpkin. Pumpkin. It's like one of those pumpkins from Lord of the Rings. How much? This could be cut. <laughs> How much do you think the biggest pumpkin weighs? 572 pounds. Oh, so much more, Kirk. I'm over or I'm under? You're so much 1,273. Under. No, more. 2,000. 528 pounds. That's 500 pounds less than my car. <laughs> Those are big cheeses. Those uh, are big cheeses. Yeah. I want a committee. Can we, we could like start a pack, probably. Yeah. A super pack. Yeah. Where our entire purpose is to donate money to them. And like, we'll be like, <laughs> we're raising a bunch of money, Beto. It's fine. I don't know why I picked Beto. Just you know, yesterday. He's like, he'd be into this and his followers. We'll make Beto. We got you, dog. And we're going to do a pack. <laughs> And then the whole time he'll be like, they got some good money coming in. And then all of a sudden he'll be like, well, having all that money, we'll be like, oh, we used all the money to make this big cheese. That we're giving to you. And we'll give it to him. And he'll just be like, oh, what do I want this What do one? I do with this? You, you eat it. It's yours now. It's yours. You, you do with it what you will. All right. More cheese. Okay. This one is the story of two mice eat cheese. Oh, I've seen this one. Yep. I okay. have not. Yep. Uh, this is on. that alarming. Yep. Mice eating cheese. Also known as Philpot Lane uh, in East Chip Mouse, uh, Mouse Sculpture in London, England. This is a carving of two mice fighting over a piece of cheese on the upper wall of a building. I mean, on Philpot Lane in East Chip. I okay. peaked. What this is, <laughs> it's in rem- remembrance of two men who died during the construction of the monument uh, to the Great yep, Fire of London. The monument, built in 1678, after the fire of 1677. Okay. Apparently, uh, these two workers were um, building, were helping high up on the monument, and one of the workers went to uh, go after his uh, cheese sandwich, and there was a big (laughs) chunk of it missing, and was looking at his little buddy next to him and was like, dude, Holmes, there's a hole in my cheese. I quote. Quote. (laughs) Quote. And they got into a big fight, and they were fighting, and wow. as you do on a monument, and you're fighting, they fell down. And did Not worse, but bad way down. Bad way down. Uh, so after, you know, they were going through this, well, the assumption then in turn was that a mouse, in turn, uh, took a bite of the sandwich, and... The mouse done killed two people. The mouse done yep. killed two on people. Purpose. Killer mice. Yep. So... The question really was is whether it, this is actually true or not because, again, it's the 1600s and eh, it's Record. pretty much most They made likely. stuff up a lot back then. Right. <laughs> but it's there. It's, it's cool. True. Why also, not? Also, mice don't eat cheese from a previous episode of the cheese not cast. that they don't, but it's, they, they would prefer to prefer. not. Yeah. But if the only thing there was a sandwich... Yep. Right, but I mean, if you're thinking... That's, It'd be a big bite, like, like a man-mouth-shaped <laughs> bite. Right. <laughs> I bet it's true. So. I like to think that there's some whimsy out there still that yeah. two men could fall to their death over a cheese sandwich fight that a mouse started on purpose. Premeditated. Pre-med- Pre- premeditated mouse <laughs> fight. <laughs> Same mouse that did the plague. <laughs> the one. That one that just did. Yeah. That one just ran through. Malevolent mouse. Yeah, it was <laughs> some wizard put a spell on it back in the day and it just was downhill sand. Voldemort mouse. It's a mortal. Voldemort. Ooh, I'm in. <laughs> Verschwitz in Germany. This is, wait, you are going to be very excited about this one. Okay, Germans. It is the Cheese Mite Memorial. I've seen this one too. Not seen it, but I've seen things about it. Yes. What, like... Okay. You go. know exactly. You I'm going to tell you about cheese mites a little bit later on, so Good. you're going to learn well, more about cheese mites. All right. I can think of a few things that that could be. Yeah. This is a... Clumsy <laughs> portmanteau is one of them. No. A stone <laughs> memorial to the mites that make... Milbenkasa. That Ooh, one. Cheese. Milbenkasa Something cheese. cheese. Yep. The cheese is made by flavoring a soft, white, and unaged cheats called cork with caraway and Fun salt. Name. After forming, Caraway. it's put in a wooden box with rye flour and cheese mites. Yeah, cheese okay. mites for at least three mites. <laughs> three months, the uh, mites excrete digestive fluids over the cheese. I mean, wash drying. <laughs> the enzymes excrete. Uh, <laughs> 
what they excrete causes the cheese to ripen and turn colors depending on time. Turn colors. Just throw up on your cheese. When <laughs> it's done, when it's done, the mites uh, stay with the cheese. And so you eat the cheese with the mites in there. Then you get tummy cheese mites. What happens when they're... Maybe that's what's it's like something out of a Ridley Scott movie <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> Just barfing on your cheese, make it turn color. And stuff. Yep. So you get that. color. You get. Can you buy cheese mites? Yes. <laughs> Note. Uh, what well, happens if you just like? Can you see them? Are they really small or they're like, small? But you can see them. Yeah. Like, I've seen them. Oh, they're terrifying. Note like, like <laughs> yes. the big micro. Right. Yeah. Note, when you blow them up. Yeah. yeah. The EU is not really a big fan of this. Oh, that's weak. Neither is the FDA. As it turns out, <laughs> <laughs> so I can't buy a cheese mite. So like you can I, get cheese mites in this country. You got to get them by a particular way. If I was to like buy a bunch of cheese mites and put them in somebody's office, would they know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. You can see them. I am not eating this. Never mind then. <laughs> they're small. Me. I mean, they're mites. That's you know. Well, that's what. But like, but they're like flea sized. Okay, because like when you think of like fleas uh, or like bed bugs, you can see them. Bed bugs are bigger. Well, that's why I yeah. was trying to like. Yeah, they're but, like fleas. They're like little little guys. They look like little specks of like. Yeah, like you could yeah. see them. Yeah. Running around. I like to think that they're specks that you can barely see. I like to think that you can barely see them, but their throw up you can definitely see. Well, once it. Once. Swear to God, I'm about to throw up right now. Are you a cheese mite? Cheese mite, Sam. I like that even better than cheese mite. Better than cheese mite, Sam. Cheese mite, Sam. You have any other monuments, cheese mite, Sam? Oh, I do. I do. I think we've worn her out. So. No, there's a long way to go. We're exhausting. This cheese might thing yeah. is grossing me out. Well, you're the one who brought it up. Well, I That's thought what? it was funny. It is. Oh, Not that I'm actually going gonna... Can't you tell? We're having plenty of fun. I am. People are gross. They're called the gophers <laughs> of cheese rinds. That's a very good description of what cheese mites do. I want to buy one. Uh, the last one is actually not a monument. It's a place. Mm, it's a state of being. It's in Sweden, as Ooh, one would do, because it's Sweden. Sweden. Uh, <laughs> it's a place. <laughs> it's called the uh, Disgusting Food Museum in wow. Malmo, Sweden. Yes, Malmo. Malmo. Best <laughs> town to have that. That's a word you hate, though. Malmo. My mouth doesn't like saying that. Okay. It, Malmo. Uh, at this museum, it l- lists Malmo. as options. Uh, Do they have cheese mites at the Malmo Disgusting Foods Museum? Mel- <laughs> Maggot-infused cheese from Italy. Ammonia-scented shark from Iceland. And oh, that's the stuff that fails oh. Pickled uh Pickled Baltic herring from Sweden. Shots One fired. other item they have, <laughs> root beer. We- why? Why? <laughs> Because Sweden just doesn't understand root beer. Right. They <laughs> say they say their goal is to have other items uh, have items that uh, countries, you know, say, oh, okay, this country has this. Oh, but recognize recognize that what some countries wouldn't uh, think Who like are root beer? addition. Or, sure it's like the weird shark stuff. Right. Like, One country like says thing. this is good Realize that other people. <laughs> Maggot cheese is good. And we're right. like. Right. They're against the butt. <laughs> yeah. People like different things and you need to recognize that what, might, what might be disgusting for some is I, delicious for others. I can't figure out who would be disgusted by root beer though. They say Europeans think it's really. So it said on there, think it tastes like toothpaste, which I don't understand. No, I'm, but they don't. They're not getting. Toothpaste. They're not getting good root beer then. I know. Well, maybe you have to import it, so it's a whole thing. I know. I heard somebody else it's, say it's, they. It's think literally it, roots. I heard somebody else saying they thought it was too sweet. I could see. Like, I could see it's that. A, it's yeah. a distinct taste. Yeah. It is. I feel like if you're not brought up on a in a society, but there are a lots of different kinds of root beers. So though. like. Like, there's probably not many other places in the world that have, like, A&W and Bart and, like, all these super big, like, root beer, and, like, root beer floats and right. stuff. So, like, yeah. I feel like we're pretty I don't like A&W root beer. I think it's too sweet. All right. That's what I have that for That was awesome. I want to go there. We should go to Malmo. 
for the never di- say the name. The disgusting. <laughs> the disgusting food museum. Oh I want to go back to London and see the the little mice. The little mouse. I mean, those What's little the, urban monuments. They're, yeah, those the are little like, tiny ones are all over the place. I yeah. love those things. They're Is it like a little? Do they have like a little statue of a mouse? Right? Yeah, it's like way up on a building. The building. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like it's two, two mice with a wedge of cheese in between them. I bet the families of those people who fell and died are like, oh, cool. That's really nice. Well, it's been like 400 years yeah, since they so died. Probably Descendants. If those were my ancestors, I would be like, that's because of my ancestors fighting over a cheese sandwich. I'd be like, hey, remember when we were all sad that they died? Yep. There's a now funny we got little a, now mouse Now we got a super cool statue. sculpture about them now. <laughs> When I die, somebody the one, put a funny sculpture on top of modern. Right. The one on the left is my dad. Speaking oh. of traveling cheese, Travel cheese. Um, we've got some cheese tourism news for <gasps> you now. News. Yeah. Boop, boop. Have you ever dreamed of planning a vacation based solely around cheese, Dane? Yes, okay. every night of my life. Um, I've got some excellent news for you. You do? The Finger Lakes Cheese Alliance <gasps> wants to help you do just that. Based in upstate New York, the alliance includes nine destination farms that welcome visitors year-round. There are a few more production farms in the alliance, some of which host events, than not regularly. One farm will let you hang out with the goats and learn how to milk them. Can we unpack that? <laughs> Yep. Should we just go through? Go for it. Hanging out with the goats. Yep. And learn <gasps> to milk them makes yep. it sound like you're going to hang out with the goats until they're comfortable enough that they will show you how to milk them. Do they? And let that you... is a goat I want to meet. No. <laughs> then no. you can go on this tour. They're if like, you can do that and yep. do goat yoga at the same time, yoga. then yoga. I'm down. I want to do seriously goat, okay. goat yoga and milk at the same time. Plan an ILT. Goaty goaty yo yo. That's what we're gonna call it. One farm has goat milk ice cream, which is infused with lavender and Earl Grey tea, which sounds outstanding. Yeah. It does sound that. like it'd be I'd delicious. Another one is right up your alley. It has a cheese vending machine. <gasps> yeah, I'm super into that. Yep. I wish we had one over <laughs> like in the KC. I could just yep, okay. Yep, yeah, I want my Bye. cheese. It'd be great. Clunk. Uh, <laughs> Clunk. <laughs> <A> little screw thing. Boom. Along with that, as yep. I was looking online for stuff, there are a ton of cheese tours yeah. in Europe. Yep. Nice. Like ridiculously heavy. The real reason we got together today is because Sam had a specific thing that she insisted that we do. <laughs> oh my god! Um, insisted, which is um, she, she was like insistent that we have to talk we about shredded have to cheese. Talk about it! I'm the cheese boy. We must talk about the shredded. <laughs> so there are lots of websites with hysterical clickbaity headlines like "The Wood Pulp in Your Shredded Cheese." Um, that is clickbaity. Oh, yeah. yep. I did see that. They do have wood pulp in them. Um, they do, yeah. It's called cellulose. Um, it's added to a lot of prepackaged shredded cheese in order to keep it from clumping. Um, some producers use state potato starch instead. Um, the FDA allows for 2 to 4% of the total volume of a bag of shredded cheese to, to be, be cellulose. That's like not not a lot, but it's not 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 a lot. No, that's like, right. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's an amount. It, it's measurable. Yeah. Like <laughs> not a decimal. So... Before you start freaking out about cellulose and wood pulp and like freaking that, um, quote, cellulose is cellulose, regardless <laughs> oh, of, quote, of whether it comes from wood pulp or celery, says Michael Jacobson, executive director of the Center for Science and the Public Interest. That sounds real. A mm-hmm. group that advocates healthier, more nutritious food. He says no research points to health problems related to consuming cellulose. It's because nobody's done it yet. <laughs> Nobody eats wood chips all day. does <laughs> <laughs> research. Bloomberg Business did a study, however, and found that some shredded cheese has a lot more than the federally mandated 4% ceiling. Jewel Osco, Walmart were big (laughs) offenders, and a particular offender was Parmesan cheese. One producer, Castle Cheese Inc., had no Parmesan at (gasps) all. (laughs) It's just cellulose? It was cellulose and other bits of hacked off cheeses that they had powdered and like that, so it was just... (laughs) 
they are not in business anymore. <laughs> I say, probably not selling Parmesan. Can I note the previous one, the fact that it was Walmart, that I'm not really surprised. They're apparently, that Castle Cheese Inc. Um, was sold at Target. At <gasps> least they're they, under a brand oh. manufactured under their umbrella. Um, oh. So, whence came shredded cheese? Whence? Um, it's cloaked in mystery. Ooh. The mists of time. The mists of time. Kirk did a really cool hand gesture. Sargento's website says they were the first to sell packaged shredded cheese in the U.S. Proudly. Uh, <laughs> and just because I was curious, I went and did some research into patents on shredded you cheese. Tend to do that. And I found one by Kraft. <gasps> Kraft. This is U.S. 7219192B2. Yep. Oh, B2. Gotta get uh, I thought you were talking C2, and so then we were going to have to... This one's going to be... It takes a little bit of time to read it, but it's interesting, so you need to pay attention now. Note. Okay. I'm going to actually pay attention. The shelf-stable shredded cheese of the present invention comprises one natural or processed cheese, two cheese powder, three glycerin, and four filler. <laughs> Are there quotes <laughs> around filler? Because I want them no. to be. And <laughs> filler. Wherein the shelf-stable shredded cheese has a water activity of less than 0.5, exhibits good melting properties, and has a shelf life of at least about three months at ambient temperatures. A preferred shelf-stable shredded cheese comprises one, about 3 to 30% natural or processed cheese. That's a large. Two, about 5 to 60% cheese powder. These are ridiculous ranges. Three... About five to about twenty-five percent glycerin. <laughs> so specific. Four about fifteen to about forty-five percent filler. Five percent filler. Zero to glycerin. about twenty-five percent sweetness modifier, and six zero to about five percent emulsifier. Well, at least you're only going to max at five percent right. emulsifier. Yeah. <laughs> Reassurance, so but you might have forty-five yeah. percent filler. That was the preferred shelf stable. Yeah. Oh, a more preferred shelf stable shredded cheese comprises oh one about ten to twenty percent natural or processed cheese. Just seems so low. Oh, I know. Two so about thirty to about forty-five percent cheese powder. You remember, cheese powder is cheese. It's just been heated yeah, and blown through that dryer. The super cheese dryer. Yep. Three, about five. I love these about. <laughs> <laughs> Some a-hole yep. lawyer was like, no, no, no. I need to, That's, I need to pop that Oh, yeah, that there's in. definitely a lawyering going on here. About five to about 15% glycerin. The glycerin is the thing that really just upsets me the most in yeah, all like, of what this. Like, what does that do? Besides smooths the passage through your guts. <laughs> <laughs> they need more of that. Oh, Four, about 20 to about 40% filler, oh, a.k.a. So cellulose. It's <laughs> a lot of filler. Um, and zero to about 3% sweetness modifier and zero to about 3% emulsifier. That's so much. Like, that's just a big range. It allowing is. Allowing people yep. to do... And you would think that with shredded, wow. sh- I mean, it's granted it's supposed to be shelf stable, so it can sit around for three months. That's the thing I didn't because not in, my head, in a refrigerator. I was like, how hard should it be that you yeah, just take cheese to, and it has do to this, sit but. on a shelf at room temperature for three Don't months? Don't they usually put them in refrigerated places? Not if it's a shelf stable cheese. That's what Kraft's trying to. Well, they didn't try to. They did. They patent did. It. This is patented. Kraft. Is it's a thing. That is not shelf stable. You let that sit out on the counter. Oh, no. Yes, currently I am holding a bag of uh, Kraft Natural uh, Cheese Sharp Cheddar. Natural makes it all better. (laughs) If you put natural (laughs) organic on the box, it's real. Yep. Ingredients. Cheddar cheese, pasteurized milk, cheese culture, salt, enzymes. Yeah, that's all part of the cheese. Analdo color, modified cornstarch added to prevent caking. There you go. There it is. Natamycin, a natural mold in- inhibitor. Yep. That's it as far as ingredients? Yeah. That's, that's not a bad list. No, I was going to say I expected yeah. worse. Yeah. Kraft I expected a lot worse, given what Kraft is well, patented. That's what <laughs> no glycerin. 40. That's a good thing. Right. Yeah. 62% glycerin. Right. So, um, what we're going to do filler. is... I would love 1% it. cheese. Dane's going to eat some of that. I'm just going to barehand it. <laughs> <laughs> While he's doing that, I'm going to grate some actual cheese cheese off a block of cheese, and we're going to compare, and we're going to see which one he likes better. It feels pretty, it looks pretty It looks pretty squishy. Smells like That's because of the cornstarch. That's what's keeping it from caking. That's what the cellulose is for, is to keep it from clumping up. So I tasted the Kraft Sharp Cheddar, or whatever, 
shredded, and it tasted like a shredded cheese. And what kind of cheese is that that you just grated? Kerrygold cheddar from Ireland. I will say this, which you should taste. The best. There is a distinct difference in that the this the craft shredded that you would find in most stores definitely tastes like it. The Kerrygold, like once you grate it, it kind of mm. gets like the clumpy, and it yeah, kind of oh, gets clumps up immediately. Like it, the just kind of gets a little bit yep. like powdery almost yep. when mm-hmm. you eat it and get it in your mouth. Where yep. the that stuff with all the stuff they have on it does not as much. Mm-hmm. So it's a difference. I'd yep. rather eat that Kerrygold all day yep. oh, yeah. than that. Yep. But. So, Kirk, when you eat shredded cheese, <laughs> yeah, what do you usually, you grate your own for things, yes. I would imagine, right? Yep. Do you have clumpage issues? Lots of clumpage? Um, if I'm grating like a big pile of it to yeah. put on I've to um, nachos or whatever, yeah, yeah, like I'm using my box grater. I have a box grater. Yeah. Do you like it? What model is it? You're weird. Is it nickel plated? No, it's not. But I'm always freaked out to use it because I'm ready to like lose half my fingers when I I use it. You have to be careful. Chunk off my thumb. I'm a little scared of the side that just has the slice. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah, I have a Kevlar glove though that I use. Okay. I also have a mandolin that's got one of those ceramic blades that slice things a millimeter thick. Are there a lot of? Is there a lot of gunplay around <laughs> when you're shredding your cheese most often? Have I told you the story about the time I was chopping vegetables and tried to take the end of my thumb off and there was blood splatter over about 25 feet of kitchen ceiling? Was it because of gunplay? No. Oh. It's because I wasn't wearing the Kevlar glove. I feel like Kevlar is over-exaggerated. If you're working with a sharp knife, no, it's not. I feel like there are a lot of other options. There probably are, but Kevlar is the one that's going to keep me from lopping and if the end of my finger shoots off. at your hand, when yeah, like, like Superman, it's a ping. <laughs> <laughs> can we test that? <laughs> yes, you can. Okay, cool. Next time, I'm saying it would be a really cheese, bad bruise underneath. <laughs> one of the cheese boys has to do it. That's I right. Don't know which one. Yep. So, what do you do if you're having nachos at home to avoid clumpage? Oh, I don't avoid it. I just grate it into a big pile just and do then it. break it up again. That's with what my I fingers. Yeah. like because I, coming from the cheese peasant yep. background that i have which is the whole thing Ooh. we had only ever really had shredded so that's why i took a chunk off myself when i was grating cheese uh when we were in wisconsin for the packer game because yep. i was like oh these must not hurt and then it did yep but i in sense like whenever if we have nachos and i have a big thing of cheddar like i'll yep grate it up and i just end up having to like break it all up mm-hmm. or i'll get a yep. thing i do the same thing with parmesan i buy a yeah, you were talking about that. Because Parmesan's really hard, usually. When it's fresh, it's it, it's hard, but it grates really easily. As, oh, it, does as it? it sits around in the fridge, it gets harder and harder until you get down to the rind end, and you're like... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> you're like Good. Until you finally just give up and throw the rind into a bag in the freezer to use for flavoring soups and things like oh, that. Oh, yeah, that's a, that'd be good. But with the shredded cheese, yep. I will say, that's a much better cheese, the actual cheddar, yep. the Kerrygold, but... As far as tasting and like leaving debris, the little <laughs> business that they put in with the sharp cheddar, the yep. craft stuff, does the job. I it would does. Say. Yep, makes it kind of more. And as far as fillers go, cornstarches would would be the least, or potato starch would be the least right, objectionable. Right. Yeah, that, yeah, they're not I mean, gonna. I mean, I don't have anything against cellulose because I eat celery. I like which celery. Is pretty much just all celery. Yeah. Is. it's just water and celery. Oh, <laughs> the best kind. What else do we have for this wedge? Yeah, nothing. You got any? <laughs> <laughs> Great defense, bud. The Cheese Cast is produced, as always, by Dane. Um, thanks to Dane and Aaron for hosting us here in the Aaron's Pavlovsky Podcast Palace. Nope. Thank you very much. Aaron's the boss. You said Aaron gets thanked. We have to thank Wash. Be too. a good husband. Yes. Um, thanks to Wash for providing emotional support during yes. this very trying time. Yes. <laughs> thanks to um, the fabulous Sam and her amazing iPad. Um, cheese boy Sam, Brand Samager. You're like a medieval hero in all these episodes. That's a lot of yep. nom de blue. <laughs> Gnome de, gnome de cheese, gnome de wedge. <laughs> Next week, well, two weeks from now, we're going to have um, Wedge 114, which is cheese and beer pairings. So make sure you turn in, tune in for that. So I am Kirk. I am Dane. 
I'm Sam. And this has been the Cheesecast. Thanks to everybody for listening. We will be talking to you all real soon.